Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great. How are the Addison doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. It's been a good week. Yeah, it has been. It's been a busy week on all yeah. aspects of life. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. It's supposed to start like snowing, going crazy around here, snowmageddon. Just give it a few hours. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't usually. Yeah. With the exception of a couple years ago, it doesn't usually. I mean, today or tomorrow, whatever you want to look at it. We're talking about tomorrow today, but it's going to be today when you listen it to it tomorrow. Uh, we might have some snow going on. Yeah. And either way, Portland Fresh sold out of kale. Are they? Is this is this the thing? Again? I think it did last year. Last year it was crazy. And I remember going in, and I live in Sandy, to the grocery store, and seeing that produce was gone. Yep. Uh, eggs were gone. Milk was gone. So that's funny. I was going to say, I went to the store this weekend just for normal groceries, not to prep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no eggs, no bread. Oh, so people bread. were doing this again this The year. basic things that we just need to make our kids breakfast and then lunch for school. Right. We're gone. I mean, couldn't get bread, couldn't get eggs, which was super annoying. Yeah. And then yesterday, the weather changes. I just, I hate this hype that all these weathermen put together. Nope. They want to get people excited and talking about weather in general, freaking out, and then they're going to update it the day before any of it happens. I, I think that I it blew know. up a little bit. Two years ago, we all got burned when they kind of played it down. No, no. The school system got burned. It didn't bother me any. Yeah, there was a long commute home, at least for the, the rest of us. I don't know about you. <clears throat> I don't. I drive back roads, man. Uh, still, it was not a it good was fine. commute. It was fine. That's so that was that was rough, and so now they over exaggerate so that they're if they're wrong, it's in the direction. Had of they told not you anything more than what you knew two years ago, would it have changed your commute any? Because I don't think it would have. Yeah, I think less people would have gone in. No, you would have still been going to work, right? I would. You have, would have gone. But I to think work. a lot less people would have. Yeah, people still have to work, man. I understand, but we're a lot pretty of fortunate where we are that we can maybe take time off. We have it costs us, but we can take time off. A lot of other people can't. I don't know. I don't think it would have changed much. Eh, all this see. extra hype doesn't really help anything, other than all the kale's gone. Yeah, helps the grocery stores. Yeah, I think that's that's who gets the bi- biggest benefit out of this. Yeah, because in the end, it doesn't matter. People throw out all the extra stuff they bought and didn't need. What a waste! I don't. Yeah, doesn't make sense to me. Nonetheless. Do you think fun this week? Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Went out and looked at the KLR a little bit. Need to order some parts. I know. I, I, it's been a while since I've talked about it. I feel like maybe it's okay. Maybe nobody's shooting uh, shooting me right now. So um, started kind of just looking at it, trying to figure out kind of right where I was. Started putting my head around what I need to do. Uh, get a cart going for that. Kind get of get a cart going. Did you buy any parts? No, no. I've got a cart. I just want to make sure that the cart's uh, up to date. Everything's good. Um, wait for some funds here in the next month or so, and then uh, pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what about you? What uh, What was in the last week for you? I uh, started assembling parts for uh, for the Gladiator. Ooh. Got everything I needed for the triple bypass on both bikes. Okay. Uh, got everything I needed as well to get everything kind of wired up and and going from there. Um, on the the Gladiator build, so. 
some extra seals, some carb kits, new pod filters, start actually assembling some some components to get it going. So should be some updates on that as they come. Uh, I imagine both shipments through a couple of different sources mm-hmm. uh, should be coming by the end of this week. So next week should have a couple of updates from what I got done this weekend. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing. Need to get the carbs. Time. They're all cleaned up, ready, bagged, sealed, cleanliness followed. Cleanliness. I mean, they're 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 they are polished, cleaned, sealed, waiting for gaskets. And I got a whole new stainless screw kit just for fun. Thought it was it was relatively affordable. I went looking at sourcing my own, and piece parting in small volume was cheaper to buy the kit. Sure. So I just bought the kit. Thought, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do it right, right off the bat. Because the carb, even if, you know, something's worse about the bike that I didn't foresee already, when I get deeper into it, the carb will always be worth something. Right, so, right. And you have fully another, clean, you polished. You have another and, bike that this yep. carb could go on So when you do that work. So it's worth going all in on that. Should be good. So that'll be 100% ready to go. New jets, got, yeah, ordered everything. Mm-hmm. So carb will be good. But yeah, it was, it was nice to kind of pull the trigger and just move forward on that. Yeah, you so. told me briefly last week that you had made an order, but I thought by now you'd have it all done. Apparently not. Yeah, no, one of the sources takes a little while to get here, and I can't figure out why. I look at the UPS tracking on it, and it has gone what Google Maps says should take about two and a half hours over the last four days. So Oh. I don't know how many transit centers or whatever, how many dispatch centers there are in between that two and a half hour drive. Yeah. But apparently it goes for 30 minutes, sits overnight, gets in another truck to go 30 minutes, sits overnight. So at this point, I think I don't know, six weeks from now, it'll show up. I, yeah, that's crazy. At this some isn't point, like I'm hoping a it hits an a label and you're waiting. Nope. This is it. It moved from one town to the next, just next door, waited overnight. Yeah, he gets in, you know, loaded and... Leaves facility at 8 a.m., 9.30, shows up in the next facility. Mm-hmm. Nothing until the next day. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. My guess is it's expected to arrive Friday. My guess is it's headed towards an airport. No, this isn't the Pony Express, right? No, you, that would be quicker. <laughs> okay, just maybe. At this point. But again, I, I think it's going to hit a plane and, and show up pretty quick once it hits a main uh, Hopefully it doesn't hit a plane. Why not? Mm, we don't want it to go down. That's right. It's okay. insured. As long as that's the case. Yeah. I'll just get different ones. But no, that that's rolling forward. Otherwise, you know, I know nobody wants to hear about it, but uh, continue to work with the dog. Ooh, the vacuum. The vacuum. Okay. It's nice. Officially named Harley. Yes. Sacrilege. Why? I don't know. You're Triumph, Honda, and all of a sudden you're going Harley? I just don't get it. Yeah, why it. not? I don't know. That's good. I thought it was a good, uh, good name now. for a dog. Careful. Okay. Motorcycle related. Works yeah. out. Yeah. I'm happy with it. And all the kids are happy. I think so. Okay. If uh, not, oh well. You're still the only one really walking? It's a good shop dog. Yeah. Okay. I, I know that you're loving that. I don't mind. It's nice. Go home, go for a walk. Okay. I'll bring the kids. They do okay. but Just don't let Scout. Yeah, yeah the little ones are, are struggling to, to pull back if she pulls. Mm-hmm. She's pretty strong, so. We'll see what happens, but so far, no problems. Other than crate training, but that's not that big of a problem with a new dog. That's a common problem with new dogs. I think it depends. You're going to have it, though. We've talked yeah. about that earlier. We'll get through it. Yeah. Nonetheless, what I wanted to ask you about Ooh, today. 
Man, it always asks me Unrelated questions. to dogs. Okay. What are your thoughts on motorcycle ergonomics? What defines an ergonomic bike? Hmm. I think it depends on your riding style. Okay. And the type of motorcycle that you have. What do you mean riding style? Because the bike has a riding style. What do you mean your riding style? Well, okay, so the classification of the bike, is it an upright bike? Is it kind of a sportier, lean into it, resting on the tank? Um, is it one where you're going to need to be able to stand up and maybe for some off-road usage? I mean, that's kind of what I'm meaning by that. How are you going to use the motorcycle and what's expected of it? Because do you really need to stand up on a sport bike? Probably not. So a lot of time, I mean, from what I hear, what you're saying is the, uh, you know, basically everybody has a certain style or riding position that they like or that they prefer, right? right? That's kind of what I'm hearing. But a lot of times, especially the like naked standards and and standard bikes in general Mm -hmm. will tout this universal ergonomics, right? Something that's comfortable for everyone. Um, now you were bringing this up earlier and this is kind of where I'm going. I know you already know this, Mm -hmm. but, uh, one of these new bikes coming out, there's a new electric bike Mm -hmm. that actually has adjustable on the fly ergonomic features. Okay. Sure. Now. Right. Like the seat handlebars and foot pegs, I think is what it touted as well. Yep. We'll put the information for this, uh, motorcycle, at least maybe a couple articles or something on the, uh, page when we post this article post this uh, podcast but yeah we'll make sure they end up on the the patreon page so you can check them out sure something that everybody can view point mm-hmm. but uh nonetheless the, yeah it, it basically was exactly that the bars the windscreen mm-hmm. seat and and pegs now some of that i mean adjustable bars isn't necessarily unheard of yeah normal sure adjustable windscreen is incredibly common yeah you know, automatically adjustable is common on a lot, of, especially touring bikes. Right. And then adjustable seats pretty common as well. How adjustable are they typically? Uh, a few millimeters. I don't think they're moving too much. Okay. Maybe an inch or two. Yeah. Um, usually it's a height thing, not necessarily a back and forth. And I didn't see... The information wasn't entirely clear. What was the... Do you remember the details on the bike that we're talking about? Yeah, it was 200. 200 was the magic number for this motorcycle. 200 miles an hour. I know this isn't exactly what you're getting at, but 200 miles an hour, 200 miles range. Um, what else was on there? Zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds or something along those lines. But uh, what details were you Do you remember what the bike was? It's like uh, Dawson's or something. It was a Canadian motorcycle, Vancouver, BC. Yeah. And the big thing for him was that uh, they didn't really tell a lot of details, but uh, one article suggested that you could modify it from a cruiser to a sport bike and uh, to each of the different genres that you can imagine or different uh, classifications. And they showed a video of the handlebars moving and okay. the foot pegs moving. And the foot pegs at least look like two inches at least, maybe about the same. And this is just from the brief um, teaser that they had there, about two inches as well for the handlebars. So 
I didn't see anything on the seat, and actually looking at the side view, it looks pretty fixed. So it didn't look like it was going to move to a full cruiser setup, if so you will. That was my question. Is As I looked at it, it didn't seem, one, universal. And two, it didn't seem to meet half of the uh, noted ride styles that it says it did. Like, I, yeah, I didn't I, see It almost cruiser. seemed like an article. I think it was the person actually speaking. Because I read about three different articles. Because I wanted to see what yep. was common between these because people throw out a whole bunch of stuff this was at a uh what was the show that it was at um it was at the ces show yeah uh recently and so a lot of different people saw that it had won this like most advanced uh, smart tech award at it of some sort probably miss uh miss calling that out but um people were saying all these special things about it had some photos of it and the big thing that they were trying to say is not only did it have these adjustable ergonomics, but it also had a computer system with a camera in the front, camera in the rear. It was an electrified motorcycle. It would actually have haptic feedback in the handlebars based on what it saw in front of you. So it didn't actually take control of the motorcycle like a car would have at this time. But it would identify certain things and they'd show up on the screen as hazards or things going on around you. And there's a couple articles of people trying it out and saying that after a couple minutes it actually started becoming pretty intuitive and it was okay. So I think it was just trying to tout technology. The big thing is, is and I can understand being able to adjust my pegs down and my handlebars up so that way or maybe around town a little bit more comfortable or occasionally on the road if I'm not in the corners, I'm on a long straight stretch like uh, Ben to Burns, Oregon. If anybody's been out there, they'll know that there's a lot of just straight driving and uh, straight riding and you want to be able to kind of just be comfortable as well. So it, it was, it looked interesting. I just don't, I don't know how extensive that is. I didn't see any research on how they ascertained whether or not the adjustments that they provided are suitable from the you know 50, 50th percentile female to the 95th percentile male or anything along those lines. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But it was an interesting concept. Uh, they also were stating that after their first production run of about 25 motorcycles at about I think it was going to be $50,000 for the first 25. Okay. After that, they were going to have a standard motorcycle come out that was about $25,000, which is reasonable in regards to like the Lightning and some of the other ones that have kind of been coming out as well. So uh, I don't know when that's going to happen. I think the big date for them was 2021, but I think that was more for the 25 initial ones. Okay. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it seemed like an interesting concept, uh, but I, I think it does... I don't know, beg the question on what is, you know, an ergonomic bike. Now, I think for, if you're looking for a standard bike or, and I don't know what the mid position is, right? If you put everything right in the middle, seat, bars, screen, pegs, what that position would be on that bike. It seems like it would be semi-sporty, but in a more standard orientation. Um, so you can kind of go from sporty to standard. Seems like really the only adjustments that that bike really had. As far as I could tell, seat, yeah, yeah, you know that's what I mean. Move it the seat around a little bit. It wasn't going to go to full cruiser. I yeah. imagined it like stretching, squatting, <laughs> right? Because I mean that's what it would need to sure. do if you're going to yeah. do cruiser. I need to be able to lay back. The pegs need to be out front. Need to kick it up. Maybe have some ape hangers. I don't know, man. I'm just saying that's what comes to mind. It didn't have that. It no. didn't have that at all. But it, it does, you know, kind of bring up that 
that ergonomics conversation. And we've had the conversation in the past about, you know, when you first buy a bike, what are what are some simple things to adjust? Yeah, we have definitely. You know, and and you can adjust your bars, you can adjust your levers. Um, that is probably not going to be perfect when you first pick it up. Right? Yeah, that's the big and there's thing. there's a few things you can adjust on every bike, not right. not, not necessarily automatically. But, you know, you can change where your levers are. You can change your... Yeah, you can change handlebars. At the same time, because roll. you do that, you're probably going to have to also roll those up as well. Yep. So you sure. can kind of adjust a few things. Some bikes have a seat height adjustment that's more auto- or more manual, where you can unbolt, shift bolt positions. Some of them have that. Um, you know, very few bikes have, have peg options. They mm-hmm. are where they are on most bikes. Uh, you can do forward factory. set, rear set. You can do some modifications, but so that's, not that's something that's easily um, readily available and just tunable without buying anything. Yeah, beyond right. that, beyond that market, you know, if you go look at, especially in the sport bike or standard bike market, you go look at somebody's bike in front of the cafe or in front of the bar or wherever you see it, you're often going to see fresh bars, levers. Pegs. Yep. Those are really common. Even a seat, right? You might see a sergeant seat or Corbin. you know a more comfortable seat on yep. there, uh, just to to upgrade what came factory. I think that's kind of what I see this bike playing on is the most common adjustments. You can now adjust all of them. Yeah, I, it's just what degrees of freedom for said adjustments. Okay, so let's just look at it this way. Pigs are in the highest position. Let's say, so you're tucked up. You got your handlebars in the lowest position, so that way you're tucked in. So you're everything's all nice and tight to the top of the bike. You're nice and hugging it. You're going to be in the twisties. Okay, my hand positions are such that the levers have to be in a current in an exact location for them to be easily accessible, maneuverable, usable. At the same time, the pegs have moved because they're up high. The foot controls have to be rotated down. And underneath that, in order for it to adjust to where they're usable for the brake and for gear shifts. If gear shifts are not needed, then that's out of the question, but you still have a brake, right? Okay, now I get into town or on a straight stretch and I kind of want to just relax and enjoy the view. It's beautiful out, going through the canyons, whatever the case is. I don't care. Pigs go down, handlebars go up now. Okay, but my location of my hands has now changed. So the levers can't be in the same exact location. So does that mean that the levers also rotate for the handlebars? And then secondly, when the uh, pegs go down, foot pegs, now the foot control has to move forward, whatever foot control that is, if that's the brake. So all these things also have to take place. You can't just move one and say it looks great, it's movable, and still functional. And I didn't see that in the video. I think it's a great concept. Um, but did, I want to see how that plays out because you can't just move things. Like there, there was definitely some development to be done. Yes. It didn't look like a finished bike by any means. It was cool. Decent look. Yep. Had a good look. Looked like it was ready as far as aesthetics when you just look at it side view, but how these, all these features play together and how functional they are uh, and not just a good, uh, sale ploy. And then, uh, we'll have to play. We'll yep. have to wait for it to play out. It had enough to show up at these, uh, you know. These presentations show up at the symposiums, you know, enough to to make a wave, but it's not ready to sell. So we'll see what happens. But it goes back into, uh, as I read this and as we kind of discussed it a little bit before coming out here, uh, it did make me think of your New Year's resolution that we're going to see a lot more electric bikes. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about that after this conversations today? I think it's still going to happen. All right. 
I just want to see. I we need a player to come in, and uh, we need a bigger player that has the infrastructure for it to to start uh, working it out. And if it's if it's going to take another year or two, I don't know. We're going to see, but I think that it's going to we're going to see them more readily on the roads. That was my biggest prediction, is that they're going to be more apparent on the roads. We're going to see them charging at places. We're going to see them riding. We're not going to hear them, right? So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that rolls out. Uh, this week I did a little, dove a little deeper into the electric bike market after these conversations. Okay. And I uh, was looking at, at what that market really is. And worldwide, it is bikes sub $500 sold in China that are all basically classified as 50cc to 125cc scooters. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fits in that performance range. Mm-hmm. And they're, the price tag on these in China is $500. I think it was 2000 It's not yen in China, but whatever it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yen. Anyway, I don't know. Lost track. I clearly don't do a lot of business in China. Yin yangs. Okay. But uh, nonetheless, the, the price tag on these bikes is 500, sub 500 So then you look at what, you know, Zero's doing, Harley, this bike we're talking about. Even some of the stuff Yamaha put out five Lightning. years ago, yeah, yeah. Lightning. There's all these companies, and they're all in that. Granted, they have their base model, bare minimum, low range that more or less competes with that $500 bike in right. China right. for $10,000. Or you can then get into that higher class U.S. market fighting you know, $25,000 to $30,000 bike. Right. And so that, you know, I, I see that coming, and. and it just shows me the fact that we've had so many companies go under. We've had so many electric bikes try to show up. I mean, the the impulse from Brahma was a great bike, didn't do much, and it was kind of ahead well, of the it curve. It did, but... and then it got picked up, and then I don't think that Victory or Polaris helped it any. And the no, long and that's run, fair. they dropped it for. But they didn't other change things. it either. I mean, it, it got picked up by a big company, and then just didn't sell like they thought it would, right? The thought was by now having a big name behind it, it would gain, right? To your point, right? A big name needs to run the show. That's kind of what happened with that, right? It was a little name. No one really trusted the company. So Polaris said, hey, we'll back it. We'll buy this company and we'll back it with our warranty and our money. And they sold some. But it's early. It was early. This is becoming but it's more when the common. Car electric. Was I know it's at the same time, and the problem is, is you need one or the other to create the infrastructure as far as charging is concerned. That's fair. And public interest in knowledge. I would say that electrification is more of more of the public is aware of it and its capabilities than ever before. So you're at a point now where you can have a discussion about electrification of a motorcycle, and people can follow to some extent, and understand what that means. When it came out, it was not the same story. And they didn't sit on it long enough. And they didn't develop it into something that intrigued the audience as they become more aware of uh, an electrified motorcycle and its capabilities. Yeah. Now, now you and I and many of the people, you know, many of our listeners and many of our friends mm-hmm. are a bit obsessed with motorcycles and have multiple bikes. Right. But I think the average rider within the U.S., especially coming into the market of new and upcoming technology, sure. is kind of buying their one bike. Right. To do most of their things. Yeah, and for me, the electric motorcycle is not there yet for me because and, I need yep. that one bike to be able to do a little bit more. And that's that's my issue, I think. With I'm the not saying market. it's taking the market by storm and it becomes the most popular motorcycle. 
my prediction is merely stating that it becomes more prevalent and you start noticing it more. We're going to start seeing them. Because I haven't seen a lot. Have you seen a lot riding around? No. Right? My my point is is that we're going to start seeing them. And I think we That's live in all. a hot, hot spot for them. I think, it, I think you're going to start seeing them. And I think we've seen manufacturers have dealerships within the area that have not lasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the whole company went under. But even before that happened, the dealerships in the local area dropped a lot of the electric bikes. Sure. So... You know, I I argue that the market that would want that bike is looking for a, a jack-of-all-trades bike, and I don't think the electric market yet meets those requirements. Mm-hmm. Now, I you know, in the city, maybe we'll see more of them, but you and I don't live in the city. Right. So, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to see any more of them on my commute or the places I go. I think we're going to see them. All right. You're going to be able to we'll see, see them. You're going to see them on the freeway. You travel in. You go through the city a lot closer than I do. I'm no, this is, this is, we live in, you're in the, we're in the city. This is Understood. The city. But, but I think it's not downtown. It's similar to those Portland. that buy electric cars. Right. That it's, you know, you of the people we know, it's a second vehicle or a third vehicle. Yeah. You have to have a travel vehicle. You yeah, have to have something not, that's long It's not term, the only vehicle. Yep. But living in Portland, there's a lot of people that it is their only vehicle and they need no, you know, they don't need any more than 10 miles per day. Right. On their commute. So when they want to go 100 miles, the car will still do it. To that point, do you think that Harley Davidson and others that have invested into other markets, let's say e-bicycles or scooters, right? Harley Davidson has a has a big thing going on for that. Do you think that – what do you think is behind that? What do you think they're trying to gain? I think a lot of that is reliability growth. A lot of that is development of the technology in a smaller, safer market. Where... You don't think that it has anything to do with uh, branding and brand awareness in a new and emerging sure. um, I mean, customer base? To the same point as Harley-Davidson developing bikes in India. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit off air, but uh, there's been a big surgence of bikes in India. Yeah, uh, I was looking at that this uh, morning. I guess we yeah. talked about it last week as well. That was one of my my comments for the New Year's for, for predictions. Um, but you know that that Triumph has partnered in India mm-hmm. with their uh, dealerships, and they're selling a lot of little bike or a lot of their Bonnevilles and things like that. Kind of a big bike and a high end bike in India, but mm-hmm. the nine hundreds in India, um, you end up with the Himalayan. We kind of talked about that already a bit, um, but and, and Royal Enfield's got a good uh, good market there. Sure, and and India is kind of that that intro to kind of the Asian market mm-hmm. where there's a, somewhat untapped. I mean, there, well, India's got a few companies internal Royal Enfield being kind of the big world player, but they're doing a lot. There's money there, but there's also a huge population that needs to get around and that is beginning to travel more. It is starting to do more pleasure travel. That is becoming a very different economy in India. And so I think, kind of going into India and trying to get your namesake there allows you access to many other Asian cities mm-hmm. and countries to where you can really build up that volume and that branding as, you know, maybe not a U.S. because Triumph's British and, and, you know, KTM partnered up out there now and was 40% was purchased out there. Um, but, you know, these these companies can now begin to sell bikes there with kind of Indian backing 
and with a lot of support locally with regards to dealerships, mechanics, they can help keep those bikes going. And, and that kind of goes into play with a lot of this. You know, when you talk the small Harley Davidson bikes, you're talking the scooters, I mean, those, those little bikes, those sub 500 CC bikes do so much better in the Asian market than out here in the U.S. Yeah, there's just different places for it. It's interesting because the the uh, OEMs that are in India, they're definitely coming out with some intriguing things. And I know the cost is lower. Maybe the quality is not quite there, especially with what we would say a good U.S. product is or uh, maybe a, a German product as well for those that love their BMWs and such. That um, there, India is starting to come out with some really interesting things, even electrified motorcycles. And to that point, even China. I mean, I was looking at the headlines this morning. They're, they've got some other ones that are going to be low cost. They're going to start hitting the market. But reliability is a pretty big one. And then, you know, being able to actually work on it. And so having shops or some knowledge base. And for a new product like that, it needs to be pretty robust and reliable to really take off. And so... I'm curious to see how that goes. I think India is going to do that a little bit better than a lot of the China manufacturers, unless um, some of the smaller shops around here start taking that on and learning and being able to uh, work on them and bring up that reliability or at least have uh, serviceability locally. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how that plays out, uh, but um, we're just going to have to find out. Watch the market and see how the customers drive it. I mean, it is customer driven. People are going to buy cheap stuff, then we're going to get cheap stuff. If they want to have more reliability and it's a concern, then it'll push for it. And it'll, the cost will come down over time. Right now, it's a little bit high. We've talked about that. People aren't ready to spend that much money on, a, on an electric motorcycle, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. We're going to see some live wires on the road. We're going to see them. People are going to buy them, or they're going to get a, an amazing discount on it, or they're going to start renting them, whatever the case is, leasing, I don't know. So I, I'm interested. Do you think that? Do you think Harley's going to start doing a lease program on their motorcycles? I think For there's a lot of, of manufacturers things? that are going that route. You think so? Uh, there's a handful of Triumph dealers that'll do it. Really? Uh, especially with the, the more expensive, I mean, we were talking about this coming in today to the, the studio, but, uh, you know, Brad's talking about looking at a, a newer bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be a used bike from a dealer or a newer used bike from a dealer or a brand new bike. But you look at that and, and a lot of the, the more expensive bikes, you know, your, your Indian large cruisers, Harley large cruisers, kind of say market there, your big triumphs, your big BMWs. Sure. A lot of these bikes offer pretty good incentives because the price tag is more than a car, right? You look at like an $8,000 bike, an FCO seven, Mm-hmm. And your incentives aren't terrible. You'll end up with 3% or, or 2% on a good moment uh, when they're trying to get rid of previous model years or whatever's going on in the, you know, in the winter, yep. in the off season. But you go to those big bikes and you'll find 0% APR on these bikes. You'll find a bike that's $1,500 off and no interest sure. for a five-year loan. Right. Which for a bike, if you go to your bank, you're not even going to get close. You know, right. you're going to be talking... with good credit and on a five-year loan, or if you go a little shorter, you might be able to work something out. There's a risk associated with it, right? But there's a risk and it's, you know, a less common item. So the loans for that aren't as mass available for the bank to make money on. So -hmm. it's a smaller bucket that they've got to play with. Um, And so, you you know, you look at those incentives and I think that's the, the option, right? Somebody's looking at a, a zero interest loan for, 
five years on a Triumph, well, kind of by the end of five years, warranties four years up. Well, for Triumph, it's two, you know, two year warranty. So three years up and just the value has changed such that a lot can happen in five years if you don't know the previous owner. Right. And so the dealership's going to offer you almost nothing to get it back because yeah. they don't have any really in five years. They've well, lost they whatever was built. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah. Whatever was built isn't what the bike is. Now it's whatever was maintained. Mm-hmm. Right. You kind of get build quality and maintain quality on a bike. Sure. And if you can buy a good bike and have somebody that takes care of it 10 years from now with 120,000 miles, you've still got a good bike. Mm-hmm. But you can buy the best bike in the world and treat it like crap. And in 20,000 miles, have it blow up. Right. You know, or vice versa. You can buy a bike that was built like crap, but treat it perfectly. It'll last you 100,000 miles because you've done well with your maintenance. Right, right. So, you know, with the lease program, they have that option because it it would, my guess is, and I haven't looked into some of the ones that are currently offered beyond just noticing that they are available. But, you know, it needs to be serviced through them. There's a lot of little nuances to it where the dealership still makes money on the side of just the lease deal, but you can now own a bike for three years mm-hmm. with money in the bank after your three years that you can trade up to the next version of that bike, which in fairness, a lot of people with these newer, more expensive bikes, I don't fully understand the market because I'm a used bike buyer. Yeah. yeah but, I'm trying to understand uh, depreciation. Right, yeah. Sir. But a lot of these people, you know, will take a bike that's three years old and they're done. They got their 10,000 miles in it. Or 20,000 miles or whatever. They, they rode the crap out of it for three years. Right. And to them, 20,000 miles is too many. It's time to get the new one. Because most dealer, or most manufacturers every two years or so will do something to their bike. Right. Um, some of the cars. And bikes, sometimes they last a little longer. A lot of the Japanese bikes will, will go five, maybe ten years. Yeah, but V-Max. I think there's a lot of technology that's being integrated into cars in general that's going to start hitting the market for motorcycles pretty heavily. Well, and... If we go to the lease market, I think it's going to start hitting quicker. Because yeah. if you can say every three years, there'll be something better. And that's why you want to lease. So you pay less to own it. Mm-hmm. Not to own it, but to use it for three years. Right. And then you get a chunk towards the next one. Right. You get, you know, you basically, you get half payments for the rest of your life. But you'll always have the newest, best technology. Sure. You know, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's the same thing with car leases. But it's just interesting that the motorcycle market is kind of seeing that value, especially if they know it's well-maintained. I think the used market, those of us that are that are looking to use bikes, the, the more I look at more modern bikes, mm-hmm. the more I see really high mileage and the less yeah. I'm concerned about it. As in the last 10 years, right, since 2010 or so, really the bikes have been bulletproof. I mean, there's yeah. been very few bikes that have been common lemons, right? You look yeah. at FJRs and... You guys are getting 200,000 miles plus out of these left and right. So if it's if you know it's been factory maintained mm-hmm. and it's, it was a lease, then yeah, the dealership can sell it. Well, sure. If it's a lease, assuming that they're bringing it in and that things are taken care of. But I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that people would be doing that uh, for them. Th- then, yeah, sure. But I don't know. You'd have to have that uh, pedigree to follow it so people understand what they're getting. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with high mileage as long as it has been maintained, but how can you truly tell? If you're going to buy something used, even if it's like through a dealership, what, what do they have? Maybe well, they are the ones that did it, but there's no guarantee. But that's right? the point of the lease, right? Is that all of that oh, has oh, I to get be documented. It. I get it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, to that point, there's value in buying, you know, it's kind of like that certified use, quote unquote. Right. There's value in buying that lease return because you know, hey, this may have been abused by the rider, but every 3,000 miles was done right, right? Sure. 
sure. the right thing was done to make sure that abuse was acceptable. Right. Right. Especially, I mean, it would depend. For me personally, looking at bikes, there are certain bikes I wouldn't care. If it's that reliable, an FJR, as long as it was done by the, uh, you know, as long as I have service records, whether that be the, the dude that wrote it or the manufacturer, I don't care. Yeah. Because it's a pretty reliable bike. They've got a pretty good pedigree. Nothing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, but you would have said the same about your Triumph mm-hmm. before you purchased it. Mm-hmm. And then, but you bought new, right? Because a lot of people want to avoid the used market because of all these weird nuances. You never know what has happened, what they skipped on, what they pushed, and, and uh, oh, you know, whoever maintained it just kind of overlooked. And then you went with brand new. I went with brand new because the used market was expensive. Yeah, I get it. But and for these niche bikes that are really popular right now, that's going to be the case. But that was still kind of caused some issues. But but we're not getting into that too much. I'm just saying that you got to be careful what we're saying. You still never know what you got. Yeah, you yeah. never know. And there's still, I mean, and that's why you've got warranty. I mean, there was yeah. some issues fully covered by warranty because oh, sure. yeah, you for, it had you a risk issue. Enough for that, yeah. Right? And, that, yeah. and that's what happens. Sometimes in manufacturing... There are failures. Yeah. And so, you know, a warranty exists for that reason. And, you know, of course, Triumph says, well, even if it was out of warranty and they'd have covered it, but it's hard to know unless that happens, right? It's easy to say that when you have to cover it either way. Right. <laughs> but did you I ever say, turn in your receipts? I didn't. I can't believe you. Thought. I know. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. Yeah, I chalk it all up to experience and a fun adventure. It was an adventure. Sure. It really was an adventure, an unforgettable adventure at that. Sure. And I, more than once, I thought it would be fun to go back down to Vegas and ride that route. Okay. That was a really fun route. Ridiculously stupid. There's nothing on that road, but it makes it kind of fun and dystopian of sorts. Okay. Right? It felt very apocalyptic riding up through the east highways of Nevada. Now, were you going through the Joshua Tree Forest? No, I was a little further east of that. Sorry, I said east. West highways of Nevada. I was further east than Joshua Tree area. Okay. It wasn't too far from it, but on that trip. Yeah, because I think south of Vegas, you get into them again as well. A little bit, and you can go a little further west and hit them okay. from Vegas, but yeah, I, yeah. I went north from Vegas. You didn't so. get to see the Joshua Tree Forest. No, that's all right. Disappointing. There's more. There's time. There's time? Yeah. Go ahead. This next time I go down, I'll go that way down. You're not going down, though. Back up. Why You're not? going up. You're going up to the peninsula, right? Oh, this year, yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure that I'm following you. There's a different trip every year. Sometimes two. Okay. That year I had a trip through all the national parks and a trip through Nevada. So w- when are you going to buy the XSR 900? When I have money for the XSR When are you going to buy the XSR 900? It's come up again. And you've also been talking about some other bikes. When... You've been talking about some other bikes, too. Yeah, that's true. So what was this other one that you found? Uh, we talked about it before, VFR 800. Yes. yes. It's a good bike, reliable bike. Pre-VTEC. Pre-VTEC, uh, all gear-driven cam. Yep. Basically, a bulletproof bike has a very interesting sound because of the gear-driven cam. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a sport bike with the more stint. It's probably the neutral position of this electric bike we're talking about. It's a it's a standard bike, but a more sporty lean to it. Sure. You can put some bar risers on it, and immediately it's in a very standard position. Right, right. Um, now, we found, a, you know, we were looking last year, and we yes. found a really cherry one. I found one that I really La- wanted. Washington. I found two I really wanted. One, yeah, one that, that was did, pretty Sweet. The day before, suddenly didn't have a title. That wasn't the one I'm talking about, though. And there was another one that I could not get up to see it in time. It right. sold very quickly. Right. The guy, was, the guy was talking to you yep. about it. He wanted you to come up. Yep. It was at the top of my price point, so it wasn't Low one of those... mileage. 
How many miles were on it? It was, uh, it was pretty low. I think it was barely more than ten thousand. Yeah. On a and it was it was cherry. It was know, definitely oh nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. But in good condition. Um, and it was a great bike. Whoever got it got a great bike. But it was far enough away that it also wasn't a screaming deal. It, he was asking what it was worth. Yes. It wasn't like he was overcharging, so it was and definitely he in the realm. He didn't. Just but he wasn't throw it trying out there to get, get rid, rid of it. Of it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it wasn't a screaming deal where it was worth taking a day I'm off. Almost worth, I, it's out. almost worth buying something that you know is like that. But it still was a gamble. You don't know what it's like until you actually no. get there, yep. though. But and that kind of a bike and knowing that it's low miles, if it's continued to be maintained, might even if it's high dollar or kind of towards the premium dollar range, at least you know you don't have to invest a bunch of money in the next year, potentially, getting it up to speed so that way you can ride it and enjoy it. So yeah. you found another one, though. Is it pretty real, pretty close? Found another one, 20-something thousand miles, yeah, a little closer. Bad. Yeah. Um, not bad. The price point on it was, again, kind of right where it should be. Not a screaming deal. So yeah. I haven't I haven't dove into it. I've now spent some money on the Gladiator build. Which so. you got to do anyway because – if I remember correctly, you might be able to sell the chicken wing. Chicken wing, yep. Has a buyer lined up. In case you didn't understand chicken wing, that's Red Randy. For those of you that uh, maintained that as its name. Was and never will be Red Randy. Yeah. It's not but, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that that's, you know, that bike I'm basically holding on to uh, for someone. And, and so getting the, the Gladiator built and done means I can just kind of figure out what's going to happen with that one. And if, if the person doesn't want it anymore, then at the same point, I know I've been watching those bikes and in good, good running, clean condition like that one, yeah. the prices have just gone up. So since you buy yours, yeah, I mean, I found one very similar to uh chicken wing that someone was asking 4,500 for, which I doubt it'll sell. And if it does good for that person for making a crap ton of money, but well, the guy that was selling it to you was telling you that it was way worth way more, and he still sat on it for a while. So, so it takes yeah. time, takes the right market, um, and, and it market. even looked really great in the photos. I will say, in person, it, yeah, it was worth. I, I feel like I got you a, got a good deal. good deal. You got a good deal, but in the photos, it was almost uh, amazing, immaculate, right? That that maroon is very photo forgiving. It was pretty pixely photo, but not too bad that you say you would say. I don't think so. Well, even Gladiator, I took, I mean, if you go check out the Patreon page, I took some early photos of when I started disassembling. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not as you nice as the You had never washed were. it. I mean, how many no. times have you washed the chicken wing? Oh, chicken wing? I don't know. Ten times? No. Yeah. Full detail wash. Uh-huh. Zero. No, that's not true. No. Number of times. You had not washed no, it for a long time. It took you a long time because I remember I going it out there the trip, and looking at the front forks, seeing the crap was still on them for a long time. No, Maybe you've washed it since then. I'm just saying. The Gladiator you times. never washed. And you were taking no. photos of it and people were, I remember Ton, yeah. was, his mind was blown looking at it and saying, did you paint this? Is this yeah. new paint? Did you wash it? Yeah. No. That's, but that's crazy. That maroon is a very forgiving color. Which is all right. I like that. And it's high quality paint from Honda. I mean, it's good 80s Honda production. In the 80s, Honda had it right, man. Yeah. Honda was doing the right stuff. So it, it's a good bike. Good bones. We'll yeah. go from there. Good bones. Good bones. Looking but, forward to uh, it. Yeah, nonetheless, you know, there's there's a few bikes always on the market. I'm glad you're looking now. 
I don't know what I'm doing, man. I want I want a bike. I want I need to finish the KLR because I want to. Right. I, I'm not going to get rid of it anytime soon. I want something that I can do a little bit of trails on. Yeah. Uh, that to, that's important to me. And it's been in the family for a while. My brother had it. I, I don't know who had it before him, but uh, we've had it for quite a while now as a family. So I'm looking forward to get it going. But I would like to be able to do a little bit more and have something a little bit more street oriented. Uh, so that way I can go out maybe on some of these rides with the group. It doesn't have to be super powerful. I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for something fun. I need to want, I want to be able to enjoy riding. I don't, I, so I gotta, I, I want to choose wisely. So we'll have to see. Need to start going out and test riding some of these bikes. That's right. Well, and we're only a few months away from, uh, from the season. Yeah, where everything goes up in value. Some but that's demo, where it's going to be well, doing but it But some anyway. of the demo trucks will start showing up. We'll get an opportunity to ride newer bikes. Yeah, new bikes going to be coming out. Maybe they're going to have some crazy incentives. Some, it'd be interesting to see what's going to come up. Yeah, come February here, we'll, we'll see, you'll see a lot of the incentives come up for previous model year bikes. Okay. But we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see. you got to keep your eyes peeled, man. Peel? I don't like peeling my eyes. That's good for you. Yeah, onions, bananas, not ice. Ogres. Ogres? Yeah, they like onions. <laughs> they have layers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, I know we, we digress quickly, but, uh, you know, I think, what, what kind of what, what kind of bike, going back to what we're talking about, are you looking for? Are you looking for a sport bike, a standard bike, a cruiser? I really like the idea of a sport bike, but at the same time, if I'm going to try to do some of these rides where I can actually go out, it needs to be more sport touring, if that's the direction I want to go. I've talked about cruiser in the past. It's not so much a traditional cruiser, even though a lot of people would probably say the Scout is somewhat traditional. I think that it's kind of outside of the mold a little bit, outside of that box a little bit. But So I don't really know. I want to get out and really kind of um, try out some bikes and see what really works best for me. I don't know, maybe... Maybe it will be uh, a larger um, dual sport enduro like uh, V-Strom or something. I, I don't know. I just want to something different, something unique, something that excites me. Um, I will say the the twin on the uh, V-Stroms is a pretty cool yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah. You went out and tried one not too long ago. You went to a, yeah. a ride day, if it's I'm not a, mistaken. It's got a good sound to it. It's got a good good feel. That was a SV650. It was. Same same same, Right, right. Yeah, so, and SV650 is another one. I don't know. I just want to get excited about something, something that I can load up a little bit. I don't need to carry a whole bunch. I'm pretty simple. But, uh, and have some durability enough that I can go out and uh, have some fun. Enjoy the road. Enjoy being with people. I like getting into the twisty, so it's got to be able to lean hard. That's important for me. And that's where the Scout might fall short. Yeah. For me. And I know that it can get into it a little bit. It's got the higher revving motor. It's going to have the thrill to it. But I want to be able to push it a little bit. Jump it up to the FTR. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy an XSR. There you go. You should. Yeah. should rub that right in my face. You know, you would hate it. You would hate it so bad. Who was it? Yeah, someone showed up the other day where we at work. Somebody had with that XSR seven hundred, and we've never seen it since. Somebody had it though. It was a seven hundred. But whose was it? I don't know. It showed up for one day and then disappeared, never to be seen again. And nobody's sure who that is. I really want the yellow XSR though. 
If I was to get it, I would want, nice. I want I actually, the one that I want. I don't want what is out there. I can't get uh, excited about some of the color schemes. That, that's say, really bothering me right now with those. The new 2020 is nice. I like the black or this. Uh, it's questionable. The white and red. It's questionable. Uh, it's 80s Yamaha. I like it. I, also retro. Not quite as cool retro as the yellow black. They're, they're trying to pull off the retro paint schemes, but the aesthetics is not. That one worked. It's the previous not. retro paint schemes did not work. They were horrible. The red with the, yeah. And the silvers and the, This no. with the red top and the. It's a little bit, I'll, I'll give you that it's a little bit better. The yellow played it off better for a retro yeah. color for them that was there. It would have had some of that, a little bit more of Solid a retro silver mod. was nice. It was okay, that. but it had that weird red seat. That was the that was the yellow ones. No, Solid silver didn't come with the red seat. I thought it did. We'll have to look later. So Somebody can correct 60th, 60th us. Anniversary correct seat. me. I liked the yellow now one. Can I can handle seat. it. I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's, I will say the seven hundred has a better overall aesthetic. The tank covers. Go with the body shape better than the 900. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're getting really specific into the XSR world. And I know everybody cares. Everybody, if all they might, we don't know. They, That's true. Some, not all of them like to send If emails. you have one, please send us a picture. Yes. I'd like to see it. See the mods you've done. See what you've done with it. Convince me to buy one. Oh, the One Moto Show had that one. Have you seen any more about that? Bruce? What happened to it? Bruce? The one at the One Moto Show that yeah, got Bruce. all modified. Was it called Bruce? Yeah. Willis? No, Bruce. Willis. Bruce the bike. Oh. Yeah, Bruce the bike. bike. Classified Moto made it. Bruce Almighty? They make all kinds of good bikes. Okay, that's fair. I remember looking at it. Yep. And we talked about it. We liked the lattice work on it, if I'm not mistaken. You can check out the One Moto Show podcast for a little bit more information. I know that was our first uh, real dive into doing interviews and uh, kind of live on the fly discussions but uh it was pretty cool they played off of its looks kind of tweaked a few things it was pretty sweet if i would say so myself and then we saw the one when we went upstairs and i can't remember their names it was brad though if if i remember correctly and his group that had done some modifications to the yellow one yep lighting company so do you think that uh we're gonna see some more at the upcoming at one moto show or two moto show one moto show it's the one one moto show okay one moto show that's coming up here in a couple weeks now that's coming up what is the, it, the weekend of the 8th and 9th yeah, the venue's changed do you what do you think the popular motorcycle is going to be i mean we have some different sponsors this year same but different same same main sponsor with indian but if you look at their sponsor booth and their kind of vendor area, Suzuki's showing up in there. They, they've definitely upped their sponsor. So we're going to have some fancy SV650s in there or a, something. Maybe. maybe some V-strims that have been uh, painted on mud. Um, it's a... Uh, you'll have to reference you know, It's a venue that, that definitely helps old one for that. Yeah. allow for more vendors. So there's a lot more vendor space having been I, sold. Uh, I, I'm curious how it'll be. This This will be... An interesting year. The venue is significantly less heart to it. They, they always pick places that have just a natural vibe. Which was pretty that cool. work. I didn't like having to park or find parking and what happened at the Pickle Factory last year. But I did love the, um, the audience of being in 
the pickle factory and walking through it and seeing things and how they played off of it and the photos it just it it was awesome it was really cool so my my fear is this will feel a lot more sanitized yeah so you think Um, we're gonna have a lot more new oem just people sitting there with brand new bikes so So it's the same no it's the same what do you mean same crew picking the bikes so i think the bikes will be very similar no, but Mike. a vendor booth could have whatever they want there, right? They were able to have it last yeah. year. So and Har- and Indian but had as in many motorcycles that they now. have. Uh, is it? Yes. Is it? Yep. They're showing the map. Okay. It's a whole different section. So you go right. All the bikes will be in one big open area, and then you go across the hallway to a different big open area where they have the vendors. Then you keep going down into the stadium for concerts and the races. So it'll it'll have everything there. Um, and they'll be in different areas, so there's good separation. Okay. But where they're putting the bikes is a very windowed area. And my concern very much is is how sanitized that'll be. You know, they were kind of... It's always been a staple of the one show to be on the white pedestals, kind of displayed as a trophy, uh, each bike. It's been... You know, art on the walls. Yeah, but and... the decrepit, crumbling concrete in the yep, background, I mean. rebar sticking out of the wall, paint peeling, And we're going to lose off. all that. We're going to have a very yeah. pristine, sanitary, old and outdated stadium background. And not old as in retro 70s awesome, but as in you know, retro 30s awesome, but as in like just square brick, you know, square concrete. Yeah. So that's been maintained and still used for other sporting events. So it's not like it's dying like the pickle factory. Sure. So uh, we'll see, you know, I, the, the minds that create the one show have done an excellent job for 11 years now. So what is this two show? I don't know. Where did you hear about Facebook? Facebook. It was somebody posted it on Facebook. I feel free to look it up. I'm not convinced it's real, but I guess only time will tell how many people are going. On a show that's always free. It's basically the advertisement, um, not advertisement, but the all of the little blurb about the one show for the first five years of the one show right. is how this one describes itself. Was the one show always free, free initially? A couple of free, yeah. A couple of food trucks, always free, yada, yada, yada. You know, custom bikes from local builders. It sounded like there was a couple of, at least one local motorcycle club behind it so maybe there's gonna actually be bikes at this quote-unquote two show but i i don't know it seemed like a spoof I because hear more there about have that. been a lot of complaints about the one show pricing this year it's definitely upped which makes sense it's a more expensive venue yeah the races will be there about 50 bucks it's under 50 bucks but fit about 50 bucks to be able to go on a saturday and do everything right yeah per more person. or less i mean it, 38 so 40 bucks okay well, with food, you're gonna have to. With eat food, you'll yeah, and you'll have you'll be there all evening. Um, water, whatever else. I'm assuming you could fill up bottles, but yeah. regardless, but the food um, will be. You're gonna have to fill me in because I feel like there's something behind this. I just want to hear about it a little bit more. So the next week, yeah, the two all show. Right. Yeah, make sure that next week you come with a little bit more information. That's your rumor homework. has it. Dennis is planning to go to so. the two show. Yeah. You know, I've heard a lot of guys from work are planning on going to the one show. I was quite surprised yeah. when I was talking. Usually everybody goes, but everybody kind of... Why was it last year that it was just you and me and maybe Daryl and... Uh, no, Dave, you know, we had Noisy Everybody kind of Dave. shuffles in when they want. Yeah, but we only had four of us go last year. Noisy Dave. I think Dave. people go Friday. No, it was only Noisy Dave. Ken, you and I, Dan, Ken go. Ken, we did go see Friday. Ken. There was a few more there. That's fair. That's fair. Everybody kind of goes when they want to go. Okay. Nobody likes to coordinate a time for everybody to be there, which makes sense. You just kind of mosey around. 
But you can catch us. So, again, it's the 8th and 9th. You'll catch us in our Slacker Moto t-shirts. Yep. Uh, you'll see us there running around with a little handheld recorder. Right. Look for the guy with the beard and the guy that doesn't have as big of a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, come look for us. Say hi. Uh, you know, we'd love to say hi to you. Love to hear uh, hear what you think and, and get any comments right there live. Yeah. Uh, if you sock Brad in the shoulder, we may have little uh, little rewards for you. Yeah. We're working on it. So. Okay. I w- I'm looking forward to it. They got to remember this. So. I know. That's That's the fun of it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see uh we'll see who we catch there, but we'd really like to see you. That's going to be the place to be that weekend. I mean, in fairness, I can't imagine a better place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh we will be there Saturday for sure for the races. Uh talking about coming on different times as well, so more updates on that as it gets closer. Yep. But uh, definitely check that out. Otherwise, appreciate everybody uh listening. Thank you. Check out our Patreon page, Facebook yeah. page. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. Yep. We're over 3,000 um, apps downloaded right now. I thought yeah. that was pretty awesome. I looked that at that cool. over the weekend. Yeah. So we're, let, we're let's keep it going, man. That's Consistently sweet. moving forward. We really appreciate that support, that love. Yeah. yeah. Um, Monetary love is would be yeah. greatly appreciated just so we could keep uh, paying for the storage, man. Because if you want to listen to those old apps, man, we got to be able to, to, to pay into that. That's not free for us. Yeah, I got to pay for that server. But uh, you, you can check out all those options on Patreon. A couple of new products coming out from Slacker Moto related to Slacker Moto Radio, oh, so you'll see yeah. some of that showing up. Um, probably put a little bit of that as incentives for the Patreon subscribers. Okay. Uh, I kind of have a, something planned here for the first 10 big subscribers. By big, we're talking like five bucks a month. Yeah. But that's big enough to make a difference for us because it does cost a bit to, to keep the lights on. Um, but otherwise, appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. Uh, stay clear of the snow. Stay safe and keep the rubber side down. Till next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.